Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Noby Williams, and this is the Pricing Will Win. Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast. You know something I don't know? The pricing will win. You, you've got your uh, crystal ball. You know where we're headed. But uh, excited we are joined by Johnny Aiken, CEO, Points Bet USA. Johnny, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Evan. It's great to be on. Uh, I just have to admit, by the way, Evan is a gambler. Just so you know, <laughs> he, you know, he's got all the apps, you know, uses points bet. He's, he's one of these guys. Me, not so much. I just never got into it. So I just want, you know, I want that above board. I want to get into it right there. So, you know, you're dealing with the old man who just, you know, doesn't do it. And you got the young gun who does do it. My, my question is, do you care about old folks like me or do you, have you given up on the old folks and say, don't worry about it. We got plenty of weapons out there. No, no, we uh, we very much have an open mind into the customers that use PointsBet age sort of 21 up to the age of uh, sort of 90 and even 100. Oh, Jesus. Thanks yeah. so much. For that. <laughs> so, Thanks for making sure you included me in the demographic. <laughs> yeah. But don't worry. You, you are fit in the sweet spot. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, though, uh, and we'll just jump right in because I hear so much about customer acquisition. Like, How much does it cost you? to win me or win anybody? And how do you go about it? What is What has been good? What has worked best for you? Yeah, you know, we've been live since the start of January 2019 here in the US. We launched our first state of New Jersey. Um, we've really, you know, I guess with our background equally running these types of businesses for a long time in both Australia and Europe, we've been very conscious about the cost to acquire a customer, and uh, particularly in, in what I dub phase one of the US sports betting opportunity from 2018 through to the end of 2021, have seen, I guess, the general market create what I call an irrational CPA or sort of cost per acquisition, be it through media spend or performance sort of marketing spend. So that's been a challenge for PointsBet. You know, since day one of running uh, or starting and running the business, we've always acted with with complete sort of discipline and, and we have to make sure any customer that we acquire you know, we have a sideline for them t- to pay back, you know, that acquisition cost. Um, sort of fundamentally, that's how you uh, make money and run a business and, and, and grow. And so, you know, again, I won't, I won't comment directly on what PointsBet's uh, CPA rates are. Uh, the main things, though, that I can share is that our sort of CPAs every reporting quarter are, are going down. And what I'd, that, I'd equate that to is that the notoriety around PointsBet and its product set and having true points of differentiation is starting to cut through when people are considering where to to sign up to a betting account. 
Um, second to that, I think the nature of advertising spend across the category, not just from FanDuel, DraftKings, but from MGM, Caesars, Barstool, PointsBet, has created now that people understand that there's there's more out there apart from a FanDuel and DraftKings. There is choice, there is optionality, and and you know people are getting more uh, curious into you know where the best sort of tech tech lies that suits their type of play, be it in-play sports or casino or if they're more so sort of motivated by promotions, you know, being more attuned to what what sort of operators have, what promotions and sort of using them. So with that optionality, we are certainly starting to see, I think, a higher amount of people have more betting accounts on on average and, and points bet sort of riding, I guess, that that success because our job is to be, you know, the next account that you have after FanDuel and DraftKings. We like to think of it once you, um, I guess, want to take off the uh, training wheels and and sort of really get into the true immersive sports betting experience, then points bet's going to be the place where we want people to sort e- of... Eben, am I hearing this correctly? Is this multiple shots fired at DraftKings and FanDuel? <laughs> like one, one for how much they spent for customer acquisition. Like I can ride the New Jersey Transit and see, you know, those posters are still going on. And then the training wheels are on? I mean, I guess that's where I would need to live, right? I need the training wheels. Um, but that sounded like multiple shots fired. Did, did I miss that or was that right? Well, I, I think that there's... Again, I, I, I wouldn't call it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, for us, you know, we can't... We, we simply can't be everything to everyone and we really want to go after the targeted player that bets first and sort of watches sports second. I think I think everyone can see that DraftKings fans, or even MGM and Caesars, they're, they're again, sort of our strategy is very different. They're going after the sort of primarily the casual consumer and trying to convert the casual consumer that watches sport, be it NFL or uh, NBA, to, to try and have a bet and then convert them to play casino, convert them to go to one of their resorts, con- convert them in sort of MGM and Caesars perspective to go and play sort of table games, you know, when in Vegas. For us, we were created by, again, sort of online sports bettors. We built the app to suit the needs of ourselves being bettors and we're really going after that sort of better first crowd that needs the best technology because they're the ones that are betting the most. And, and again, we'll get into it in a little bit also about the growth of in-play and how that's going to be a huge um, success point for our company. Uh, Johnny, I think you're kind of hitting on something that I think a lot of people who casually follow at least the business side of your industry don't fully recognize, which is that if you asked some of the other competitors, let's say DraftKings and FanDuel, what their ideal market share, what they think they can handle, right? They're both gunning for like 50% of the market. And companies like PointsBet, you guys have been very open and public about, you're not gunning for 15% of the market, you're gunning for like 10 to 20% of the market. And, and when you have a different kind of set of aspirations like that, Obviously, you're going to spend differently in terms of customer acquisition. You're going to have a different target group of users than, than what the company that wants half of uh, America betting on its app, what they're going to go after. The, the economics, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, the economics seem like they're totally different when you have the goal to be 50% of the market versus when you have the goal to be 15% of the market. Yeah, you're spot on there, um, Eben. And you know, it, it does mean that our approach is different. You know, even... Um, when we look at the amount of actives we have, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel are, are going to are and, and will sort of continue to report much higher act, sort of active monthly users. Whereas for us, we're going after quality, not quantity. You know, there's an old rule. It exists in the Australian and the European markets called the 80-20 rule where 80% of your revenues will come from 20% or less of your active customers. What's playing out here in America, what we're seeing in our our data and hearing sort of anecdotally from other players is that it's almost a 90-10 rule in 
um, the states to begin with where 90% of your revenues will come from 10% or less of your players. And so where where I really focused as a business on creating a superior value proposition and technology experience for that sort of 10% that are going to generate, you know, the 90% of revenue and will leave, you know, uh, to a large degree competitors like FanDuel and DraftKings to go after the 90% of customers that generate sort of 10% or, or less of sort of, uh, again, online sports betting revenue. Why do you think, John, I was going to ask you kind of what, what you guys see different in the U.S. market versus other other international markets that PointsBet is in, but why do you think the 80-20 rule in some markets is, is the 90-10 rule in the U.S.? The easiest way to, uh, I think, see that through the first phase is that there was always obviously a very um, eager and active sports betting um, base here in America that before 2018 and unless Surrey and Nevada were doing that offshore or betting down the street. So, you know, you've seen that um, conversion of people betting offshore or betting down the street coming onto legal sports books and, and in particular some VIPs, you know, that want a superior betting experience. They want rewards points every time they bet. They want um, goodwill, you know, they want deposit matches at times when they deposit and they're not getting those experiences offshore or sort of down the street. And so they're now getting them in the legal framework. So I just say that predominantly the, there's been probably um, a population of these, I wouldn't call them whale players, but higher sports betting rollers um, that have converted to legal and, and probably are the main reason why you have the the 90-10 rule versus the general betting population that's still like I said at the start of this, um, you know, interview, still, you know, maybe in sort of primary school or sort of elementary school, when it comes to sports betting, they're still trying to find out what this is all about, you know, experience the technology. And and over time, in the next few phases of the US sports betting opportunity, they may ascend to be higher rollers and may choose to move their sort of entertainment dollars into, you know, sort of online sports betting categories. But for now, the general betting population is still quite novice and still quite casual. But the hard, the hardcore population is are very much been there since day one, and that's the one that we've really tried to go after and address. and And I think that's why today it, it's more of a ninety ten rule than an eighty twenty rule. We're chatting with Johnny Aiken, CEO, Points Bet USA. Johnny, let me ask you this: as somebody who is not as well versed in the sports betting universe as as obviously Eben, if I open up two apps and one is geared towards your casual player, and the other is geared towards your customer, what can I look at to discern which is which? How would I know one is aimed at sort of the the, the more serious, uh, better, and not just a sports fan? Yeah, it's a great question. I think I think we like to think more about the feel of the app, and again the the difference in the overall customer experience. You know, we've really focused on things that a better first customer needs. It's really not what they want, what they need. You know, to consider to sign up and then to play with your your sports book. And so, you know, three sort of primary things firstly is our, you know, app is is very fast and responsive. We're constantly focused on in, just increasing the speed of the app, you know, the speed to sign uh to to log on, the speed to the speed to deposit, the speed to place a bet, the speed to withdraw, the speed to get your um, promotion fulfilled. You know, pretty much as soon as the sort of whistle blows, we want the results made and your your account balance updated if you had a winning bet. It's all about speed. Every customer survey or voice of customer survey you run, be it in America, be it in Australia, be it in Europe, above all else, it's it comes down to speed and ease of use and that's the same for an advanced better. So we've put a huge amount of investment in the speed of the app. 
The second is around in play. You know, this is going to be, I think, an area that we like to think of as the elastic band. If you don't have a great, superior, consistent, stable in play experience, the elastic band will snap in terms of, you know, your your ability to, re- to retain customers of value because in play, again, when I started and came to the US in 2018, when we launched in 2019, in play was less than 20% of handle or sort of money's wagered. Last year, give or take, got got to around the 50-50 mark, 50% of money's wagered in play versus 50% of money's wagered pregame. And then last reporting qu- quarter for points bet, you know, in play is now up into the mid 60 percent range and you know i can again only see that um growing as the experiences get better especially around u.s sports for in-play betting the types of bets you can place in play not just team-based bets but player bets and sort of micro bets um competitors that don't own own their own technology and then invest in that technology to have a superior in-play experience i think there'll be this moment like i said where the elastic band snaps and and those that don't have those advantages will will churn sort of, again, clients and customers to to those that do. So, again, that that really presents a forward-looking uh, growth, again, opportunity for PointsBet. And then, you know, the last thing there, Scott, will be o- over time, again, just looking to implement things that are better first. You know, it's not, hey, it's NFL Sunday uh, at, at PointsBet, have a bet, and if it loses, you get five bucks back. That type of offer looks and feels as if it's for a casual customer, um, you know, our, 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 by messaging, our offers that support our great technology, we will be very much orientated to the better first. So that, that would be something uh, where I'd like to see or, or, or feel that there's a, a difference in our approach sort of relative to other apps if you have them open. Side I side. can make all your customers money. You won't like this, but are you ready? What, don't a lot of these, these guys, you know, they give you the hot tip of the week, right? All that stuff. I used to laugh at those, those barkers, the carnival barkers on TV. I got an easy one for all the people out there. Bet against the Jets. Well, that's a good one. That's that's just a proven. That's just a proven adage. You, I don't need to go to a team of sort of data scientists to know that yep. that's just a a proven way to make money. Yeah, I don't care what they're getting, giving. Bet against the Jets, you'll walk home with more money than you had beforehand. That's it, Johnny. Let's let's talk about pricing for a second. I, I know Scott well enough to know that if he if he was betting, he would be looking for uh, the, Damn the best straight. price on the Jets' opponent. Um, I, I have talked to some people in this industry who think that pricing is maybe not that important. That the strength of your brand may, may may bring people to bet at at your sports book, even though the Jets opponent has slightly worse odds than at somewhere else. I imagine that you feel differently about that. That that you guys are leaning into pricing, and we can get into the Susquehanna investment as well. But my understanding is that you guys really do feel like price is a way to differentiate yourself in this market. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, when and we say that again, coming through a lens of experience, having run these types of businesses in Australia and Europe, and the learnings that you have of running certain pricing strategies and, you know, um, I, listen, I think a few things, certainly odds and pricing will play a huge role in the opportunity moving forward. And again, there'll be a growing audience, not just betters, but a casual audience will be more attuned to the odds they're getting and are they getting proper value or, you know, again, are they getting ripped off? Um, when we came to the US in 2018 and before we launched, we just saw a sea of sameness where, give or take, every market was priced out at minus 110 either side and no one really was willing to compete or try to message enhanced odds. And and from day one of launching in America, we've really dipped our toe in that way. Um, we we went as far as sort of trademarking the term gun, uh, no juice or, 
using plus 100 lines as a way just to get to start with the brand name out there, get a buzz around points, but people talking about points bet and, and offering them great odds. And hopefully once they come on and try the technology and sign up, you know, they stay sticky to us because we have all these other features. But yeah, we definitely have, have uh, tested and, and run odds or sort of pricing led campaigns, be it NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. Um, where I will probably end up for the upcoming NFL season is that we'll we'll likely move forward with offering the best odds out of the main sort of significant players in the market. And we feel confident doing that. Firstly, yeah, we've just signed a deal with the Susquehanna Investment Group, which brings their Nelly Analytics sports um, analysis part of the business in, into PointsBet. And so we have better pricing efficiency and modelling that will go into power our, our lines, be it pregame, or in play, and the more confident you are around your prices, um, I guess the more appetite you have to compete harder on odds. Versus if you don't control your odds and you don't believe they're efficient, um, you you may need to be guarded in terms of the book the book percentage that you run, and and sort of rather than be minus one hundred five or minus one hundred eight, you end up being minus one fifteen or minus one twenty to compensate for that. So we'll definitely push forward with NFL season and and offer great odds, but. I guess the difference what we've seen in Australia and Europe compared to the US to date is when you go best odds in Australia and Europe, there's so many odds comparison sites that within a minute you've got new activity, you've got new customers signing up and taking those odds in Australia and Europe because there's more of an audience that's attuned to that. To date in America, when we've gone with higher odds, we haven't seen that flow through of activity historically. And I just, again, put that down to what I'd call just the general sort of nascency of the market Maybe there's not to date been the proliferation of odds comparison services. People may be getting more drunk on just the really aggressive promotions to sign up or their next deposit is matched in free bets. Um, I definitely see, though, over the next phase, a couple of phases of the US sports being opportunity, the rise of odds comparison sites, the rise of an audience wanting to get good value and not being ripped off, and, and that being, again, sort of complemented uh, by great technology, which which sort of surrounds the experience. So we'll definitely be competing on odds, guys, this year. And, um, you know, again, we're sort of nailing our corner now. We feel, it, again, even more confident about the efficient pricing we have that allows us the right to go and offer mu- sort of minus 105 when, it, when everyone else, uh, you know, sort of comparatively might be minus 110. I, I interviewed Jeffrey Yass, the, 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 who, who runs Susquehanna, right after that deal was announced. And I think he said the word pricing like five times a minute in, in the 10 minutes that I talked to him. Obviously, Sig Susquehanna has a, a, a deep history in market making. It's one of the things that they do. Walk us through what that investment means for you guys moving forward. I know the stock jumped about 13%, I believe, the day that it may have been even more, the day that that, that deal was announced. Walk us through what, what having them in your corner and, and, and access to their technology, what that means moving forward. Yeah, that deal was almost sort of four years in the making. Uh, we met uh, sort of Jeffrey Yass's son, Doug Yass, um, at the, the G2E gaming conference, I believe back in as far as 2018, um, you know, at the time they they were setting up what what is now called Nelly Analytics, um, you know, a subset of this sort of Susquehanna group that was looking at exploiting uh, sort of betting markets, uh, both in the US and sort of internationally and building models um, that, again, you know, believe, uh, you know, get an edge on the general market. Um, I guess their philosophy around bookmaking very much struck a chord with Sam, my, my sort of group CEO and myself uh, being, you know, sports betting enthusiasts since 
since young kids and we've always stayed in touch and, and really over the last 12 months discussion started to really heat up about an opportunity now points where it's continuing to make advances in its technology how we can integrate you know world-class pricing that sort of Nelly have into our sort of proprietary solution improve the pricing efficiency which not only um, gives us a potential appetite to to offer better odds than our competition but also gives us an appetite to win on key sort of customer experience elements the first one in play is having your sort of markets up the longest or or having the least amount of suspensions when you're not controlling your in-play pricing and you believe it's inefficient, again, you're going to be more guarded and suspend suspend your markets more often, which creates a pretty crappy sort of customer experience because customers are customers and the one time that you suspended the market was the one time that they were going to take the Jets at plus 21 and a half and then no! <laughs> in the next five minutes the Jets score two touchdowns and you've robbed them of a money-making um, opportunity. And so having your markets up the longest or – Getting to a utopia where there are zero suspensions in play is where we want to head and having great pricing is a main tenant of that. So Nelly ticks that box. And the other box they tick around having efficient pricing in play is accepting the bets with immediacy. Going back to your question earlier, Scott, about the differences in the points bet app to other apps you may have open side by side, for an in-play betting market um, on NFL this season, if you have the points bet app up, you go to place an in-play bet it'll get accepted within 0.01 of a second because we trust our pricing and we're focused on delivering a great customer experience. We want those bets accepted instantly. We don't want you waiting like on those other applications side by side where you'll be waiting seven or eight seconds, what's called a bet delay sort of in the industry for then the bet to be processed and potentially accepted or, or is, is it really that long? So if I wanted to bet on say baller strike or miss free throw, made free throw, I could not maybe be able to make my bet if it was delayed by that amount of time? Typically in in the space, both in uh, sort of Europe and the US, the standard bet delays around seven to eight seconds. So yeah, for that sort of micro betting market opportunity, if operators don't trust their pricing and have and have a standardized bet delay, it's going to almost cruel the opportunity to, to offer micro markets because by the time the bet processes and gets accepted or not, the uh, the action's already taken place. Let me know what kind of brain I'm dealing with because I, I want to describe. Like sort of the, the demented brain that I have, and I want to know if Johnny's the same here. Oh boy! So if I if I go and fill up my my gas tank, right? And let's say nowadays I get it cheaply, thirty seven dollars a gallon. If I drive a quarter mile down and and I see it for a penny less, that will bother me all day. <laughs> How about you? Does that bother you all day? Or are you okay with? Oh well, I missed it. No, no, I'm the same. I tell my wife that every time. She wants to go to Whole Foods and get the organic tomatoes and, and we'll go past King Supers and they're about half the price. So I think everybody is price conscious in their own way. To date, though, in sports betting, there maybe hasn't been the platforms, like I said, the odds the odds comparison services to bring to life what, what operators are providing choice and offering great odds versus those that don't. I see that changing over the next phase and we'll certainly be at the forefront of offering great odds across all, all key US sports. Johnny, before we let you go, I want to get your thoughts on iGaming, uh, a growing category in, in a number of states, obviously a, a way bigger, a total addressable market uh, for, for casino type games than there are for sports betting. I know you guys are are, are launching in, in some states there as well. What do you think about the future there? I mean, at, at what point do you think do you ever get to a point where iGaming is a bigger part of your business than sports betting here in the US? Yeah, we're obviously a business that's orientated in sports betting. Like I said, we're we're sort of we built we built the company by sports betters for us sports betters to use that adage. And so, 
you know, our, our sort of primary focus to date is building the best sports betting technology that exists, pointing that sports betting technology, particularly the in-play betting experience, which we see sort of rising over the next few years to be at least 80% of all, all bets taken. We do, though, see a correlation on the sports better that can be cross-sold into online casino. We see that correlation best happening with the in-play sports better. You know, the psyche of an in-play sports better is the one that's most engaged, is spending the most time, you know, on your app. Like Scott's example there, there, there are the ones we see being, you know, sort of interested in every pitch type of market in MLB or every drive in NFL betting on an outcome of that. We see that psyche cross-selling nicely into online casino. And so the more successful we are with our in-play technology and building, um, you know, a loyal in-play sports betting audience, we see that cross-selling and growing our online casino um, activity nicely. The other side of the opportunity, Eben, is, is I guess the direct casino player, you know, uh, the female persona or the person that's grown up where Vegas and playing blackjack is, you know, they're sort of betting world and their betting education we're not currently addressing that opportunity you know that's something that we definitely see as an opportunity for the business down the road but for now we want to get our sports betting technology to be the best it can be win on that cross sell sports betters into online casino and then the next phase for us will be continuing to elevate and invest in our casino product so it's then on par with any other competitor and then we have a right to equally go after that direct casino player. That's sort of how I guess we see the space. In terms of a broader macro view on it, um, you know, the regulatory headwinds, I think, you know, it, it seems that any almost any new state will not launch sports betting and and casino on day one. You know, Michigan uh, was a bit of an out was a bit of an outlier in that respect. And so, you know, if the next twenty plus states of the US are all sports betting led for the next for their first three to five years before potentially then online casino is debated and sort of legislated for, you really have to have a great sports betting product. So, um, you know, we feel those competitors that have focused on online casino have a great online casino experience. Unless equally they're focused on online sports betting, they'll continue to do a great job in the existing states where casino and sports betting is legal. But for the future 20 plus states where it's going to be sports betting first and casino three or four, three or four or five years down the line, they're going to have a challenge. And so they're equally uh, to the opposite of points that, you know, going to need to start investing in sports betting technology um, to keep pace. You know, in uh, Europe, the biggest casino companies are the biggest sports betting companies and conversely, the biggest sports betting companies are the biggest casino companies. So I would also see a trend over the next three to five years that those that are dominant in sports betting market share will be the ones that are dominant in online casino market share as well. I'm just impressed that Eben, you know, he's thrown uh, Tam out there. Maybe next week we'll see if we can get him to get Kager in a sentence. He's just doing a great <laughs> job. Like Johnny Aiken, CEO of PointsBet USA, thanks so much for taking a, a few minutes and joining us. Thanks to you both, gents. Appreciate it. All right. So, you know, I, I don't mind proving myself a novice, Eben. I have no problem saying I am not an expert in the sports betting world. That is why I'm so thankful to have you and some others on staff who know the world, who do it, who fiddle with the apps. Remember the one time I took the free money? Remember? I do. Yeah, so I took I uh, quick. We'll, we'll do this in the end. I took like with a free play, whatever. It's like make the bet. You know, like I, I don't. It was like one of those bets you can't lose. If yeah. Tom Brady completes one pass, you get two hundred dollars. I didn't realize I don't get the money. What I got was the right to then bet that money. So I yeah, needed you, to you through the app. yeah yeah yeah. So I needed you to tell me where should I bet this two hundred bucks or whatever it was that I had. You know, I'm like I got it's free. I might as well. If you lose, you lose the money. If you don't, great. So you said I'll never forget. You were like take. 
give the points with Wyoming basketball. Wyoming football, I think. Yeah. No, it was basketball. It was basketball. Okay, yeah, it was so Wyoming, Wyoming basketball. basketball. And I'm like, well, how do you know anything about Wyoming basketball? But it, they were giving like 17 points or something, and they, they won by like 30. So I must be the anomaly, though, because you know what I did? I closed the account. You took it out. Yeah. Yeah. I took the money. I closed it. I'm like, I'm done. All right. I, I, I didn't get sucked in to wager it again. I took the money and said, thank you very much. But anyway, that's my, that's my, uh, my sports betting uh, tale uh, of happiness. I think it, it's, it's a great story to kind of show, I think in some ways, highlight part of what Johnny was talking about, about the different types of, of customers yeah, out there. I right? his you customer. are not the customer that he is going after. The person that wants the free money and then is going to smartly remove his money the second he can take it all out. <laughs> it is not a healthy customer for a sports book, right? So yeah, I think Johnny did a really good job of talking about how, again, when you're not FanDuel or, or, or DraftKings, when you're not looking to get the mass amount of all of the sports bettors, if you're not looking for 50% of them to, to be betting on your app, you can tailor an app that is specifically designed for a different subset of people. And maybe those people are healthier and maybe your pricing is better etc. But but I do think it's interesting to hear him talk about uh, about the way he sees the business versus how someone sitting in his chair at a company that's looking either for a bigger percentage or even some that are out there that are looking for a much smaller percentage of the market, how they're also thinking about their own customer acquisition. All right. So I need a bit of self-awareness from you. As someone who used to go halfway across the George Washington Bridge to open the <laughs> apps and make bets, yeah. would you say you are a FanDuel DraftKings customer or you're a points bet customer or your combination of the I two? mean, you know me. I, I am... I am fairly price conscious, um, yeah. which is means I, I bounce Blows around. Blows my a, mind that people aren't, by the way. Blows my mind that people are not. Most people I know that bet are not. Crazy. They, they either have Crazy. money in one account and they just do that. They're, they're doing it casually. I mean, there's no question that, as Johnny said, the, the, the more serious a gambler you are, the more you care about that stuff. But but for a, a majority of better, Scott, they'll look at two apps. You open, let's say you open FanDuel, you open points bet. They both have the Jets plus 25. And you look at that and you think that's the same odds. But the truth is that it's it's the juice within that, right? It's it's either one minus 110, minus 125, minus 150. The, the, the money you get back betting on the same point spread can be so vastly different. A lot of sports bettors just don't even understand that or don't have an, don't care enough to really think about it. But it's certainly if, if your goal, as Johnny said, is to go after the more serious subset of sports bettors out there, you have to care about price because it's the it's the biggest thing that they care about as well. No offense, Jeff Bezos. No offense, Andy Jassy. I, too, am against the whole food organic tomato. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. He is Evan Novi Williams on the Twitter, Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Our social and digital media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will soon become the Sportico Media Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.